0: Hey everyone, this is Tamar, your host on A Day on the Journey. Welcome back. We are on episode 13 and I'm excited to go ahead and jump into the topic. So here we go.
1: Hi
0: everyone. Welcome back to A Day on a Journey. This is Tamar, your host, and this is episode 13. With me today, I have one of my lovely sisters in Christ, her name is Kendra, and I'm just gonna have her introduce herself. Just tell us a little bit about herself and whatever you like to share. So,
1: Kendra, awesome! Thank you so much for having me today. Um, my name is Kendra Brown, and I am 44 years old. Um, I've been living in Columbus um, since about 2015, but I'm originally from North Carolina, which is where I met the Lord. I have a son who is 12 years old, which is amazing. He'll be 13 coming up in October. And my husband, his name is Jerry, and we were married about 11 months
0: ago. That is awesome. (laughs) Well, praise God. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. I wanted to have Kendra on here pretty much basically because she is an amazing woman of God. I remember meeting her back from some time ago, and we met like at a was like a house worship and I just want to say like it was just absolutely all Jesus like focused and centered on the gospel. So I really admire the way that you have a heart after the Lord and just seek to do his will. So we're just going to jump in a little bit about Kendra's testimony and just how you met the Lord and what kept you on your journey up until now. Got it.
1: Thank you for that, for saying what you said. Like that. I actually feel emotional by you making that comment. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I actually met the Lord when I was in elementary school. I don't actually remember how old I was. I just remember it was third grade or less. And my mom, we both went to a church. We were visiting a church. And um, I actually think we visited that church a couple times. But during like the youth portion of the church you know how they send the kids out yeah for kids church I remember the one of the teachers sharing the gospel and of course when I was a kid I didn't know it was the gospel Mm. but she shared the gospel of Jesus and um, what she shared with me really resonated with me and uh, she asked all of us if anybody wanted to surrender their life to Jesus and follow Jesus and I I was one of the kids that raised um, my hand and so um, after that like she prayed with us and I remember just not fully understanding but knowing that like it was a good thing that was happening and right after that she asked all of us if any of us wanted to speak in heavenly language mm. and um, she talked about it a little bit I, I look forward to seeing her in heaven I don't remember her name I vaguely remember what she looks like but she asked all of us if we wanted to pray in heavenly language and at that time I was the only one that raised my hand Hmm. and so she stayed with me after Um, I remember people were putting the chairs up and she talked to me about it and then we just started to pray she started to pray for me and at that same time that I chose to receive the Lord is also when the Lord blessed me with um, my heavenly language, so I was I was praying in tongues as a little girl. But you know, at that time, I didn't really understand everything. Mm-hmm. I understood I understood and knew that I wanted to follow Jesus, yeah. but as far as like what that meant, I did not fully understand that. I grew up going to church. Uh, my family, my mother, my dad actually was an atheist um but my mom would do her best right she would take my sister and i to church she also taught sunday school vacation bible school but it was that experience at that church that i actually chose to follow christ and so i can pause there um i mean i know you asked like what's kept me in the faith but i I feel like that was a lot so
0: no it's completely fine no thank you for for sharing that i like wow that's history like For me, even like you said, knowing like as a a little child, like you're raising your hand and you're like, Mm -hmm. I want to be filled. So when you're, when you were that young, what was like your steps? What was your next steps? Did you just continue to come come to church, Mm -hmm. show up to Bible studies and try to learn of the word? So it's interesting that you say that
1: because I didn't know what my next step was supposed to be or what to do. And actually that plays a role in like my what i feel like god has given me to do as a disciple even present day Mm -hmm. um something that i'm passionate about is discipleship Mm -hmm. and as a kid i think and even many kids you know they get introduced to the lord they're excited about the lord but perhaps because their parents may not be aware of what it means to make disciples or to disciple their kids then their relationship with God becomes just going to church or um just being a good person right and not that those things are bad they're not bad at all but I really didn't have anyone in my life at that time Mm -hmm. to really help me understand what it means to be a surrender follower of Jesus and even though I was a kid, I mean I think that that's also real for adults right. who choose to follow christ that that they're it's important and, and God designed it this way for those who are already disciples to be committed to making disciples and and we see Jesus demonstrate that um, not just by you know people going to a Bible study right. one night a week. Mm-hmm or going to a service on Sunday, or saying a prayer before they eat their meals. Those things are not bad. It's just, there was more, right? Mm -hmm. It was about the relationship with him. It was about spending time with him. It was about knowing, understanding the word personally. Mm -hmm. We need to do it in community as well. But um, it was years before I actually learned what it meant Mm -hmm. to be a surrender follower of Jesus. And so that was actually reflected in my walk with him. And I would say throughout my my life, one thing that's amazing is that the Lord was always with me. He was always with me. And when I look back now, even when I made just really foolish choices, um, and I was in my flesh, and you know, He was always with me. So, you know, my challenge throughout my walk with the Lord. Um, has always been with relationships mm, okay. and, and men. And so like, if you were to draw a picture of what my walk was like, it would be like a hill going up and down, mm-hmm. up and down. And so, you know, your podcast is called a day in the journey. And so my journey hasn't necessarily been up until a certain point, right? a consistent one. Yeah. And then finally, finally the lord helped it click for me mm-hmm. and this is what has brought me into a place of what i would consider
0: and i pray he considers <laughs> consistency like a consistent walk with him so at what age and what point was that for you cuz you know that's a that's a long history you mm-hmm. know with the lord and like you said i think one of the things that i think about is like working out your salvation with fear and trembling there's mm-hmm. some things that you it sounds like that, like in with any believer there's some things that we have not come into knowledge of mm-hmm. like on the onset we we kind of assume that we do in the beginning like i know me personally in the beginning like i thought i knew exactly what it meant to follow christ and that you brought that up until i understood by reading his word like no i actually have to lay down my life mm-hmm. so at what point or what age were you? Like, ballpark, you don't have to think of, like exact age. <laughs> I remember uh, a year. You do? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. that's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> so what, what age was that for you when you were like, oh, no, this is what it means to be a follower of Christ? And when did it become consistent? All right. So we can look at it in stages. But I'm
1: going to talk about the most recent um, moment for me. And so one thing I don't want to do is discourage people that have struggles in different areas in their lives like we are always growing there is always opportunity for the lord to do something new in us in our hearts in our minds Um, and so i don't want to discourage anyone and also a part of you know what the lord has put in me you know of course to make disciples we're all called to do that but also if i can help cut somebody else's time Where they're not spending as much time, you know, in the circle or, you know, like I was, Mm -hmm. then that's what I want to do. So the most recent, um, I'll call it an aha moment um, in the Holy Spirit was in 2014. Mm -hmm. So in 2014, I found myself in a horrible relationship. It was just dumb, right? Like, (laughs) that's the only way, I, I mean, that's the best way to describe it, right? It was just dumb. And again, I I shared that relationships was one of the areas that was just a struggle for me Mm -hmm. Um, and to be transparent, which I always try to be if it helps someone, but like sexual morality. Mm -hmm. So in 2014 is when I decided by the power of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that enough was enough. I had been trying to create my life on my own now all along, right? Since a little girl, mm-hmm. I I had an awareness of the Lord, right? And I, I had another, I had different stages of experiences with Him, where it just seemed like He kept just taking me up and up and up, mm-hmm. closer to Him. Mm-hmm. But in 2014, thankfully, the Lord um, empowered me to draw a line in the sand, and I got out of that relationship. I committed to no longer loving the world. And I think that that's something that a lot of believers struggle with and I'm not saying that cuz I have any in-depth of insight but just thinking about the scripture, you know, and what first John talks about, you know, the love of the world is the lust of the eye, the mm-hmm. lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Right. And so within my life that was a stronghold. That mm-hmm. was an issue for an issue for me. And so in 2014, I don't remember the exact month, I want to say November, but I drew a line in the sand. The gentleman that I was in a relationship with with, uh, was living with me and my son and my mom. And Mm -hmm. it was just ungodly. It was ungodly. It not only wasn't ungodly, it was unproductive. Mm -hmm. It wasn't fruitful. And the Lord had been dealing with me. For years, But like more recently, I think it just was bubbling up where I knew that like I needed to go back to my first love. And so in that drawing a line in the sand, one thing that happened, um, my mom had found a church. We were living in like a really small town in Wisconsin. (laughs) And there were little baby steps that I was taking. Um, A lot of people talk about Joel Osteen and everything, um, you know, about him, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say about him and his ministry. Oh, okay. Um, I don't really... Uh, okay. No, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, probably certain circles, right? Okay, like, okay. that he's not preaching the real gospel and all that stuff. Oh, okay. But I will say that Joel Olstein and, like, his very simple, basic messages really helped me mm. as, I, as I was allowing the Lord to open my eyes and renew my heart for him. So that was really important. I started listening to sermons, and then my mom found this small church in Wisconsin, and um, I went to. We went to the church, and you know, you know, I was broken. Mm-hmm. We all are, you know. Yeah. But you know, going back in that environment, like it had been a minute, because I also experienced church hurt prior to that. But uh, I actually set up a one-on-one with the pastor and his wife. Mm-hmm just to talk you know because I knew I needed to make some changes in my Mm -hmm. life but it just seemed difficult like this man was living with me like it was all these things you know we all know that word entanglement right Mm -hmm. um and so one of the things that the pastor's wife said to me that really had an impact on me she was like you are exposing your son your mother your family to demons Mm -hmm. by allowing this sin in your life yeah and I thought nobody had ever broken down for me like that. Mm-hmm. And the pastor was military, former military. So he was like very, very direct, right. very straight up, which is exactly what I needed. At some point I was like, good, great. You know? <laughs> Come on, I need Joel Osteen. But no, he was very direct, very to the point. And, and when she, when she shared that with me in that way, mm. it was like impactful, right? I think... That might have been the first time that I actually thought about how, well, deeply, my decisions were affect could affect my child. Right. And not just my child, but my mom, you right. know? And, you know, being exposed to demons, I didn't even know a lot about that, you know? But I knew it was real. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super impactful. So in 2014, I drew a line in the sand, as I said earlier. And, you know, I went back to the gentleman who was my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, you got to move out because I was also concerned about that. You know, we right. moved from another state. Right. Um, and I just was like, I, I didn't think it was right. You know, all the things, the rationalizations and things that we think of. And the the pastor was like, he is a grown man. <laughs> yeah. He will figure it out. And so praise God, the Lord gave me strength to get out of that situation and then after that when he left i remember feeling like weights had been lifted off Mm. of my shoulders i mean like like a sense of peace yeah and i mean i don't know what i expected i knew i needed to do something different i knew i had to make some change but when i when i made that decision there was definitely you know a lot of angst and just you know i didn't know how things were going to go sadness even because right. i had developed soul ties with this individual but when he physically left um i felt a sense of freedom mm. and after that this is when the lord started doing a bunch of amazing amazing things once right you released it Which, once i released it mm. and i will say as a part of my testimony so i after that relationship ended, I was celibate and out of not in a relationship for seven years. <laughs> right, so right. And I know <laughs> I told somebody else that. They were like, "What?
0: Yeah. No, it's it's possible. It's, it's possible."
1: Just, it's... But it's just like I remember a yeah. time in my life where I didn't think that that like was possible. Right, right. I remember having a friend. I don't know if she knows how much of an impact she had on me, but we we knew each other from college, and then we we moved also to Wisconsin, so we worked together. And she told me she had been celibate for like a year, and I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like thinking to myself, like how are you able to do that? Yeah. Um, and, and that is the power of the transformation of the Holy Spirit. So yes. I have a lot to say about that, like about salvation. Like, I think it is important, you know, as we're making disciples, that mm-hmm. we help um, through walking alongside right. of people, and also through education, help those who have become new converts new followers new surrendered followers of Jesus understand that surrender is an ongoing process yes yes it's it's an ongoing process and we don't want to look at the moment of decision as like the big and final moment there is it it is a big moment but it's not the final moment like mm-hmm there is a process and churning and just work that the Holy Spirit needs to do in a human's heart, in our minds, like just ongoing Mm -hmm. to help us grow
0: and mature in the Lord. Yes. Now that was amazing. So one of the things that like you said earlier was that like, because it is a process, there is going to be... You're, you might have some ups and downs before you become consistent. You but whatever you... Mm-hmm. When you start becoming consistent, it is a plethora of reasons why it's like... Like you allowed someone to speak into your life. You allowed someone to, mm-hmm. to tell you a hard thing, to walk alongside you and to receive it. But then ultimately that led you to a decision. So can you speak to someone who... who possibly it could be maybe in a scenario like that if it's sexual immorality or something that is just weighing them down right now like how is it possible to actually just release that If they feel like maybe that soul tie is just gripping them and it's like they're like Mm -hmm. they don't they don't see a way out Mm -hmm. what would be your advice to to that particular person
1: Well, I've learned um, just, you know, as the Lord has given me more experiences personally, and also as a disciple maker, that number one, if a person chooses to surrender their life to Jesus, they have the Holy Spirit, so they have everything within them that they need to be victorious in Him.
0: Yeah.
1: However, to add to that, though... It is through the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit that will work in us to make the changes that we need to make in our lives. Mm -hmm. So those would be like the first two things to emphasize. You have the Holy Spirit, so you have everything you need to be victorious in Christ. And then the second thing is, it is the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that will make you victorious in Christ. Absolutely. So I'm not saying that we don't play a role because we absolutely do play a role god god's omnipotence is not anything that we can understand his mm-hmm. his all-knowingness and i don't even know if that's a word but him knowing everything and and seeing the end and the future and the beginning and all of that like that is him we don't have that ability unless he chooses to give it to us right. for his glory at a particular point in time but He's the one that does it through us. Mm -hmm. So those are the two main things. The second, the the third thing that I want to call out. um, The people that we're around makes a huge difference. Yes. And I have a story about this, but I'll just make my point. It's really important if you truly want to surrender your life to Jesus. To put yourself around people who have the same desire. I'm not saying people who are perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, um, you know, people who you don't connect with, you know, or or feel like it's forced. But I'm saying put yourself around people who love Jesus, who really love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because the scripture says iron sharpens iron and that is absolutely true. If you're trying to get out of a certain lifestyle, you have to make a conscious decision with the help of the Holy Spirit to remove yourself from people and situations that cause you to fall. And then the fourth thing, I think the final thing that I'll say is in the life of a believer, when we deal with strongholds, Mm -hmm. when we deal with addiction, Mm -hmm. there are two things that I think both and, and per se like can play a role so the one thing is mind renewal and if you struggle for example like with the example you use with sexual morality the way we renew our mind is through the word of god and so it's really important that a believer that's trying to get out of something to cultivate a relation out of sin Right. To cultivate a relationship with the Word of God, which is God, which was God, which became flesh. Right. So the Word of God has to become, like, one of the things I pray for myself and my son. Like, help me to love the Word with my whole heart. Mm. And Psalm uh, 119 is, is something I always go back to when I oh, start to yes. feel myself getting dry. But that's, that's a part of that. So renewing your mind. Mm-hmm. And the second element, 4B... Is really around um deliverance, all right. So sin opens doors to unclean spirits, and I know there are a lot of schools of thought on that. I really don't want to get into like theology of it, but the scripture describes unclean
0: spirits attaching themselves to human beings. Well, when you open the door, like mm-hmm. you know. It, I think like once like like you said as far as like discipleship is concerned like once you start actually your heart starts to desire to read the word through discipleship and someone like actually accurately dividing the word Mm -hmm. the word talks about like the seven more uh, demons like coming in and Mm -hmm. well you swept the house it'll go yeah, yeah and it'll come back to the house that was swept that's if you do not continue to separate or to keep discipleship or keep mm-hmm. on that journey of sanctification. But that's, that's a great point because not a lot of people know that that type of thing is real. Like the interesting thing about it is like nowadays you see a lot of stuff like being present, like mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, witchcraft, a lot of like, you know, demonically influenced things that are being, way more visible than before. So it's kind of like you had to really connect yourself and, and really think about that. Like this is actually a real thing. Mm-hmm. So if this is now becoming so visual, then you have to understand that when you do open yourself up to specific things, you are taking on other spirits mm-hmm. and you have to be delivered from But part of it. Part of the selfish is deliverance. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a very, a very great point. So... I don't know if you wanted to add to that or anything like that, but so it was 2014 for you, Mm -hmm. and so now you're on this journey of walking with Christ, and so I guess I do want to talk about your passion for discipleship. You kind of alluded to it Mm -hmm. throughout, you know, the time frame. One of the scriptures that came to my mind was something that I feel like you embody as it relates to your walk with Christ and you kind of doing the will of God that His assignment on you is Luke 19, 10 for, you know how the Lord talks about the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Mm -hmm. I feel like you kind of embody that scripture as it relates to doing the will of God that your passion for discipleship is really to ensure that the lost is found and to come into this understanding mm-hmm. of who they are in Christ and how they can be saved as they as we surrender or anyone surrender their heart to Christ mm-hmm. so can you talk a little bit about um, why how now the Lord has led you to make disciples to make disciples and how did you how are you keeping that alive mm-hmm. Yes okay thank you well thank you for that That's a really <laughs> beautiful
1: compliment and that scripture is beautiful and that scripture um was me and the lord found me and um has empowered me as he has all of us who've chosen to follow him um to save the lost and so i would say um can you pause it oh no good so how am i embodying that
0: Yes, like now, like you're like pretty much. Oh, stop. You're fine. <laughs> it's completely fine. Um, pretty much, coming from that scripture, seek and to save mm-hmm. that a lot that those who are lost. Right. That's kind of what. That's the whole point of the gospel when G- Jesus' ministry. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not come to to save those who are already saved. Like mm-hmm. he came to to sit and to really disciple those who. Who had like this? Pretty much, I, I would. I always call it like a, a form of God, a godliness, kind of like what the Pharisees—they mm-hmm. they went all by legal legalism, legalism. but not mm-hmm. true transformation. Mm-hmm. So, just kind of talk about what you're you're doing now. Too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say so. Um,
1: thank you. Um, one of the gifts that the Lord has given me through His Spirit is teaching. Um, and so, you know, even just taking a step back, like, I do believe God gave me my son, um, for a purpose. And so like, that's where I start. That's a big focus for me. So Mm -hmm. like making sure that he understands the gospel, that he understands how much God loves him Mm -hmm. and that he sees him. Um, but to simplify, um, one of the things I'm doing, I'm a member of Vineyard Columbus Church, and they have a small group ministry model. And so I, along with others who come, have been hosting a small group Bible study at at, at my home, our home. Now it's probably been about five years. Um, so on Monday nights at 7, we have Bible study. But we also do more than that, right? So. It's not just about gathering on one night a week, but it's community, mm-hmm. and so we do a lot to foster community um, to support, encourage, build, welcome people in because that that love like jesus said you will they will know me by how you guys love each other yes, um so that love and that support is really important um when it comes to the small group, which has extended beyond that it's Mm -hmm. now a community right it's now a community we have group me we have all kinds of chats and we do all kinds of things together we pray for each other we cast out demons if they need to get cast out we evangelize and welcome people in we have parties and welcome people in Mm -hmm. So it really is about living in community, like Acts, to talk about. I was about to say that. Yes. 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 So Exactly like the blueprint yes. of Acts, too. and it's not just As me. People. It's it's, right. it's many others, um, and thankfully, one of the other gifts, in addition to teaching, that God has given me specifically is a gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. So like, I love welcoming people in. People, many people have come in. And, um the Lord has just used our home that's will yes, just keep it simple, absolutely He's used our home um to for His glory,
0: and i I love that, yes, amen, so just kind of wrapping it up here because we are on our last couple of minutes <laughs> or a minute or so or less, I just wanted to ask, is there anything last comments that you want to just share with someone just based on because everybody's assignment is different, right, but yeah. we are all still called to make disciples, mm-hmm. Is there any last encouraging words to someone who, again, we kind of talked about like just true surrender to Christ, right? Like in that sanctification process that, you know, if as you continue to, to die daily, to desire God or to be discipled or even be around a community, then he is able to keep you. Mm-hmm. If you want to be kept. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there any last encouraging words that you have someone maybe on that journey of a salvation or someone is kind of looking to see like what has God called me to do like how how did you step into that exactly what was the first step to take well the first thing I want to encourage
1: is if someone desires to to be free and live holy for the Lord um, to, to take a step of faith the word says we walk by faith and not by sight we walk by faith and not by how we feel we walk by faith and not by our past or by what other people say We walk by faith. So I just would encourage um, anyone listening to this, you know, you can do it in the Lord. You, If you love Jesus, and let me just also say this, just because somebody has struggles doesn't mean they don't love Christ. Um, If you love Jesus, you can live the life that he designed for you to live. And I just want to encourage you to take... step of faith into that also if you are currently a disciple um, and you're not sure about your path like you said tomorrow that everybody has like different paths it's not everybody doesn't have a gift of hospitality right right? I I just want to encourage you to seek God for guidance and direction and and just remember the Lord's Prayer says give us this day our daily bread It's okay if you don't have a big master plan for the rest of your life, right? Take it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Ask God today, Lord, how can I serve you? Um, And give him freedom to to reign and rule in your decisions, um, in your heart, in your thoughts, in your behavior. Um, And he will do it. I would have never thought if you had asked me in 2014 and even before that, that my life would be the way it is today. Like, I would have never thought it. And that is a reflection of God doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. So just give yourself over to him in faith. Put yourself around people who love Jesus, that and people that will encourage you in him. Yes. Um, and don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep pursuing. The last thing I'm going to say is don't compare yourself to other people. That's
0: good. I mean, I'm don't glad don't you. <laughs> compare yourself to other people. Do not.
1: Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. It, what, what God told Joshua, that's what we need to do. We need to meditate on the word day and night. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. And remember and trust that he will
0: always be with us. Amen. Thank you so much for that. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to ask you to do a short prayer to close us out. All right.
1: So, Father, Lord, we just love you, Lord. Thank you so much, God, for how you move in all of our lives and that you, God, are the beginning and the end. And you know every detail about every individual. You know the number of hairs on our head, but you also know the number of each hair on our head. Like, you know every specific detail, things that we can't even fathom. And so, Father, God, I just pray for anyone that is listening to this podcast now, Lord that by your precious Holy Spirit that you would move and touch them and and just draw them into a deeper walk with you Lord, a deeper relationship with you a deeper closeness with you intimacy Lord and and that this would guide and and govern everything that they do and everything that they are father I just pray right now against any lies of the enemy um, that those lies would would be mute that they would go away right now in the name of Jesus And, Lord, I pray that you would just pour in the truth of identity and purpose just right now supernaturally and also supernaturally through your word, Lord. Thank you so much for this podcast, God. I just ask that you would bless it. Bless Tamar, Lord. Help her, Lord, to continue um, to just be the light in this way, Lord, and in every area of her life, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Well, everyone, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in.